Hello, everyone. Um, let's see. Oh, I tell you, I was trying to see whether or not I was muted because last time I started, I got on here, was all excited, and everybody was like, um, we can't hear you. So I wanted to make sure that I was unmuted so that you all could get this excitement because we are coming down to the close of heart talks and self-love. So whether you are catching me live, watching the replay, or listening to me on the podcast. Tonight's guest, listen, I said earlier, I'm excited, so you should be too. All month long, we have been talking about heart health, um, the impact of heart health, heart awareness, and prevention. So tonight, we're going to focus on more or less a heart-to-heart talk of going through, thriving through, and the impact of heart disease from a heart survivor. And Dr. Nicole Mason is joining me this evening. And let me tell you, we are sister girls. So of course we were having this background conversation about how, what we're gonna share, where's this conversation going tonight? So you guys just better sit back and listen, grab yourself a cup of coffee, cup of tea, some water, a glass of wine, preferably red wine, of course, because as you know, red wine is good for heart health. Um, and just sit back and listen to tonight's conversation because all month long we've been giving you, um, as I said, heart prevention, heart tips, um, even things that you can do to prevent heart disease. So we know that you're aware of that and you, you know what to do as it relates to that. And that you know that wearing red is great and you all look cute in your red, but you really need to know what that means and what that impact has on your health. And so I'm going to introduce you to tonight's guest, Dr. Nicole Mason. She's going to join me here live on screen. And look at that. She's got on her red looking beautiful. Welcome, Dr. Nicole Mason. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm always excited to have time and space with you, sister. Yes. God bless you for this awesome opportunity uh, to talk about something that's really close to my heart, near and dear, of course, to me yes. uh, in, in my life. So thank you. You're welcome. And you said, listen to that. Look, and it was no pun intended. She said near and dear to my heart. See, look at that. Look, that's and I'm going to show you something later, and I have it pulled up. That's just so amazing. But it's too early in our conversation <laughs> tonight to show you. But I promise you, when I show you this, it's going to bless you because it certainly did bless me. I think I looked at that picture like three or four times. Like, yeah. you know, this is like so unbelievable. So you guys have to stay tuned for me to share that with you a little bit later in the show. But OK, so. <clears throat> Let me get comfortable. I'm talking about y'all get comfortable. Let me get comfortable. So Dr. Nicole Mason, take us back to, there's like a backstory. And I know about the story because you shared it in um, our She Is Well book, um, volume one, where you talked about your healing, how you heal to help others heal. So mm -hmm. I want you to take us back to that moment when you realized that there was something going on with you physically and you... What did you do next? How did that take us through there? Like describe it in such a way that it's us in the room with you at that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thanks again. So 
Um, my heart disease and heartbreak um, yeah. came as a result of me losing my mom suddenly. And I contend that my body imploded on me. Yeah. And so when I realized I went to, I just went for a routine checkup. I went for a routine checkup and my cholesterol was off the charts. My body was just kind of going haywire. It's almost like, you know, uh, having a car that, you know, when the mm -hmm. battery dies, it just got all of the lights come on on the dash mm -hmm. and it just kind of, you know, goes haywire. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And then it just kind of sputters out. Well, that's what was going on. I was in the haywire, you know, uh, session uh, before sputtering out, if you will. And I'll tell you, um, I, initially, I didn't do anything. Right. I didn't do anything because yeah. my grief was too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. My grief was too overwhelming. I was trying to come to grips with the fact that I had not only lost my mom, but I lost my grandmother mm -hmm. um, at 17 days apart. And wow. I was an only child, only grandchild, eight and a half months pregnant with my third mm. son. Just de a devastating blow, uh, you know, back to back, boom, boom, just back to back. Uh, and so I didn't do anything initially. And mm -hmm. of course, the problem kept getting worse. Mm -hmm. That's just how it goes when you don't yeah. take care of your health. Exactly. It kept getting worse. And when I went back to the doctor and I had even gone to uh, several cardiologists, uh, mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I think my mind was that I was too young to be talking about heart disease. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think mm -hmm. I was scared too because my mom had died of heart disease. Yes. I mean, I had all these different emotions going all on. The, yes, all those emotions and the timing too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we'll yeah. talk about that. But go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yep, I had all those things going on, and one day I just decided that. I was going to do something different mm -hmm. that I was going to follow the doctor's orders. <laughs> I was going to be compliant. <laughs> go um, figure, right? Go figure. <laughs> uh, 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 attorney Esquire, be compliant, <laughs> follow the rules. Right. And surprisingly that also coincided with my uh, healing as I related to my grief journey, which had been about 10, 11 years in by that point. So mm -hmm. when I decided that I was going to take matters into my own hands, follow what the doctor told me to do, um, I realized some very powerful results. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to stop you right there. So just in the first couple of minutes of you explaining, remember I said, take us there as if we were in the room with you at the time that this was going on. So at on the last episode, I talked about how we as women are really good at explaining away things, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that you had some subtle symptoms. You either at the time because you were going through um, loss and you know with the grieving process when we're going through loss, a lot of things can be explained. So mm -hmm. the things that you were feeling at the time, like you said, you knew you just didn't want to deal with it. You knew exactly what you were going through. There was fear because you had just lost your mom and your grandmom mm -hmm. 17 days apart. And so mm -hmm. it's the fear of the unknown, the fear of wanting to understand or know what's going on with our bodies. So fear mm -hmm. can really paralyze us into inaction. And so mm -hmm. that right there 
culminated into what you had going on. But guess what? Your body still didn't heal itself. It didn't fix. It didn't course correct. It did not, you know, your heart still had an issue. And mm-hmm. so with you ignoring it, it still said, Woo, whoa, wait a minute. Something's really going on here. And so mm-hmm. you decided, okay, let me pay attention to it. That mm-hmm. often is the um, kind of the steps, or if I would say sort of like the playbook on what women tend to do when it comes to heart disease, as well as pretty much health in general, but definitely heart disease. And so I would like for you to tell us, you said you went to two different cardiologists. What did you do once you realized, wait a minute, this is a signal 911. This is serious. There is something going on with my heart and I need to change and or do something, whether it's medical intervention or whether it was lifestyle intervention what was it that shifted your mindset, Nicole, that made you say, okay, this is what I need to do different today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let me just correct you. It wasn't two cardiologists. I went to several. Oh, <laughs> several. I went to several. Not two. Look, that's even better because most right. people either they'll do one, right? They make right. a second opinion, but right. you went to several I went to several cardiologists and, you know, the, the strange thing, I ended up going to the cardiologist that cared for my mom. I think that really was like a wake up call for me Mm. that Mm -hmm. I ended up in the same office because of course I had gone to the doctor with my mom um, before, before she passed away, you know, a couple of times, several times. And when I ended up in his office and he began to tell me about how I needed to make some changes in my life, that to me was sort of a wake up call that if I did not, that I would end up just like my mom Mm -hmm. and that God had given me enough time because like I said, it was over a 10 year period. I was about 11 years in by that point Mm -hmm. when I decided that, okay, I better do something different. And I was not having, um, you know, any kind of um, pain or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything like that. um, That was a signal because my heart was just aching. Okay. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. it was just aching. Mm -hmm. It was aching from grief. It was aching. And all of that was going on at the same time, you know? So to your point about just kind of ignoring signs, So I can't tell you if it was the cholesterol that was building up in my arteries or if I was just, if it was just the grief, I can't tell you, or a combination of the two. Right. when Mm -hmm. I found myself in the same doctor's office that my mom went to, because he's one of the best, um, I realized that I needed to do something different and I needed to do it quickly, but I also knew that I could not do it with him as my physician. Right. So was that because it was emotional? Yep. Yep. It was it was was too emotional. I thought Mm -hmm. I could handle it, but and I can still see myself now sitting there waiting for him to come into the room. And as I sat there, of course, my anxiety was growing. And I was like, "Mm, I can't I can't do this. So again, Mm -hmm. I found yet another (laughs) cardiologist. Uh, and that one I stuck with um, uh, until such time that I did not need him any longer. Right. Okay. So we were able to, again, listening to your story, I'm sure there is somebody out there who's like, mm-hmm, I can relate to that. I can see myself you know, in a situation similar to or the same as. Mm-hmm. And for a couple of different reasons. Number one, like you said, um, 
you didn't know whether it was a combination of psychological or emotional as mm -hmm. well as physiological symptoms, right? Yep. Then you, yep. you're also dealing with the anxiety, which is also another um, indicator that mm -hmm. there's something going on or heart disease or heart issues can manifest mm -hmm. in such a way that it does create anxiety or the anxiety causes the heart issues, right? Mm -hmm. so it really is sort of this complex issue that I guess for me, I'm really just wanting to drill home um, for those of you that are watching and listening, that we have to make sure that we are very, very in tune with what our body is telling us as it relates to heart disease. When I say I can't like shout this from the rooftops enough, that heart disease is a not only a silent killer, but is the number one cause of death in the United States. Yeah. And for women, especially women of color, because we are often misdiagnosed, um, it unfortunately puts us at a very grave disadvantage. Mm -hmm. And so although you, you know, of course, during the month of February, you hear it more often, but I am always talking about how heart disease is something that we must and when, and also let me just pin this here. It also includes strokes. So heart mm -hmm. disease, cardiovascular disease includes not only heart attack, um, what's called a myocardial infarction, um, mm -hmm. angina, stroke, anything that relates to the cardiovascular system. So if you've had a stroke, that is a form of cardiovascular disease. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we also at, are at higher risk for that as well. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Nicole, now we know that you've gone to several cardiologists. Mm -hmm. I want to get back to your story. Mm -hmm. Now we're at the point where you're like, okay, I realize that there's something going on with me physiologically. Mm -hmm. Now tell us what your intervention was, and then mm -hmm. we'll walk through the next step, which is kind of thriving through that. Sure. Yeah. So my next step was to uh, mentally embrace the fact that I needed to be on medication Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, and that 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 right there is a big one for a lot of people, mm -hmm. you yes, know, just, you know, going from from in my case uh, and for many people being very healthy and then boom, all of a sudden you need uh, some aid as it relates to medication that you need to take. Um, for your very survival. And there was something mm -hmm. very taxing about that. Number one, I couldn't call my mother to tell her, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I couldn't call her to say, oh, my God, girl, let me tell you, you know? Right. Um, that right there, all of this was going on for me, um, you know, like I said, at the same time. So I had a lot, I had levels to my... Um, <laughs> To my process, I had mm -hmm. levels, uh, and so once I mentally embraced it, because I'll tell you this also, and I know that you know this to be so, that I started and stopped my medication on several occasions, yeah. because yes. again, I just could not wrap my mind around the fact that I needed to take medication in my thirties. Like, what? What are you talking yeah. about? Mm -hmm. uh, and so. Again, once I came to the realization and that that took about maybe a year or two um, to just, you know, embrace that um, because I went to a new doctor uh, who was very, very patient with me because I can be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> was very, very patient with me because I want to know everything. I want you to tell me my numbers. I'm going to write them down so that I can compare them. I mean, you know, all of those things. Uh, and he was very, very patient with me. He was the one that sent me to my new cardiologist and they just really rallied around so that I could get to the place that I needed to get to. Right. And so once I embraced that, uh, I began, and it was a very, very low dosage of medicine. And he explained mm -hmm. all of that to me. And it really didn't matter to me at that point, whether it was low or high, the mere fact that I had to take it was my issue. Yes. And so of course he explained everything to me. And so I would say that is very important, finding the right physician, mm -hmm. finding the right person to care for you or the right team of people to care for you uh, that encompasses your personality, mm -hmm. how you interact with them, how they respond to all of your questions. And you should have lots of questions about yes. your health. Uh, yes. And so I began this new journey with new doctors and I decided, sis, that I was going to be compliant. I was going to follow what they told me to do because I had turned mm -hmm. a corner in my grieving, turned it enough that I could breathe. I could really process where I was. I could think clearly. And because mm -hmm. people were listening to my concerns, listening to me, you know, and not just being flippant with their bedside manner, that was important to me. And so then I just began the journey to heal. Right. Now you, this, okay. So now that we're at this point, I'm sitting over here jotting down stuff that I did not want to forget to touch upon. So there was two major things that I want to um, drive home in this part of your journey. And that is number one, finding a healthcare provider that will listen to you and not just see you as patient number three on my list of 10 today. Yeah. Make sure that there is this connection that you're able to communicate your needs and that your needs are um, being heard and met. So that is a very good point that you made that you found someone that because you are inquisitive, right? Mm -hmm. That Esquire and you comes out and you, mm -hmm. you're inquisitive. How much am yep. I taking? Why am I taking? What are the side effects? Why, yep. How long do I need to be on it? Yep. What's the desired outcome, right? I can see you asking this litany of questions as you should. The yep. second part of something that you said was the advocacy part of it. So being able to advocate for yourself in that situation, really in any situation as it relates to healthcare, I am a big proponent on um, making sure that you advocate for yourself or take someone with you that can advocate um, in your inability to do that because, you know, maybe you're um, ill and you're maybe not up to the task. Yeah. The second when part you, of that. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know how I feel about self-advocacy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Overall, overall, yeah. overall, <laughs> every absolutely. area of your life. But OK, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, just no, 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 that part, yeah definitely. Because I feel like when you advocate, even in here, you become like something just turns on in you anyway. You kind of become that advocate because now you see that advocating can get results. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that will show up in other areas of your life mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, the other piece of it that I quickly wanted to talk about was the medication, how you said you were kind of on it and then off it and then kind of stop. That also is very common for individuals as well is to um, take medication and then sometimes, you know, not take it or feel like, oh, OK, I'm good. I've got that desired outcome. Maybe my blood pressure has come down. I don't feel the heart palpitations or, you know, I'm no longer getting short winded. I, I really see that it's working. And so, we, you know, they will stop taking the medication 
well, that's not quite how this works. Like you don't just stop taking the medication because you reach the desired outcome. So um, I think again, with that, with the compliance and then talking with your physicians is also one of the things that you want to do. So I'm glad that you brought that point up to say, okay, I figured I have to take this medication in order to get me to where I need to be. And there also needs to be some mindset shifting, which you also indicated that you went through once you dealt with the grief and the loss of your mom and your grandmother. So again, Mm -hmm. it's not that people want to be, you know, non-compliant because again, we have to holistically look and see what's going on with the individual, right? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that you didn't want to be compliant. It was that your life was in such a way and what was happening was really all kind of compounding um, Mm -hmm. on the situation itself. Yeah. And I think that's for a lot of people. Um, They may not have that kind of loss, but, you know, they have things going on in their lives. But the Mm -hmm. reality of it is, you know, you need somebody to explain it to you. And and I'll share with you the example that my physician gave me, my new physician, the first Uh thing he said to me, he said, the way that you have continuously started and stopped your medication, it's like a rubber band that loses its um, ability to expand and snap mm-hmm. back. Yep. The elasticity is gone. Uh-huh. And he mm-hmm. said, the more you do that, you lose the elasticity of your mm-hmm. heart to be able to rebound, to reset itself, to recalibrate itself. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, whoa, yeah. okay. no mm-hmm. one had explained that to me that way. Yeah. Uh, again, that's why you need somebody um, that's a good fit for you because when he explained that to me that way, it hit me somewhere deeper. It resonated mm-hmm. more, you know, more with me. Uh, and so that's when I said, okay. And then he began to explain to me how all of this works together, how mm-hmm. he does not, he would not put me on medication just for the sake of putting me on medication that the doctors weigh out, you know, the detriment if you don't take it versus what happens to you if you do take it mm-hmm. and yes. how, you know, how my um, diet was playing into it, my lack of exercise, at that time in my life. Mm -hmm. He just began, he broke it down to me in such a way. And then he said to me, I know you can do this. I know you can change your diet. I know you can exercise. I know you can do it. And so this is what we're going to do. Then he gave me a plan on uh, and gave me some goals that I needed to meet. And it it. it just really was a a beautiful Mm -hmm. process um, that God allowed me to get Mm -hmm. to the point where I was ready to engage it. But now here is the thing. Um, We don't always have that luxury to do that. That's why I love this talk that we're having. Mm -hmm. I love this Mm -hmm. series because when you're talking about your heart, you don't have time to be messing around and playing around. (laughs) No, Um, you don't. You only have one heart. Exactly. And so I thank and praise God for being gentle with me, showing me grace. Uh, And this is why I am very passionate about this. Um, I serve as an American Heart Association ambassador. I have spoken to many groups about it, et cetera, et cetera. And I know we'll get there. But um, I just wanted to add that, that the physician that I ended up in his office Mm -hmm. was the person that helped me um, to set goals that I met and exceeded mm-hmm. uh, because once I sm- make up my mind to do something, you know, it's a done deal. It's a wrap after that, right? Yeah, it's a wrap. It's a <laughs> yeah. yeah. So 
All right. So the next part of your journey was partnering with your healthcare provider, right? Mm -hmm. Once you develop this plan. So together, you and your healthcare provider need to develop a plan. And I like how your physician said, here's what we need mm -hmm. to do, right? Making it inclusive, mm -hmm. making it patient centered. You all know, again, any of you who have been in the women's wellness lounge long enough for this past decade, know that I am all about making mm -hmm. you the center of your health. And so mm -hmm. any healthcare provider that does that gets a thumbs up and a heart emoji from me. Yeah. So being able to do that, you see how your mind shifted when the doctor or the physician healthcare provider included you, you then say, okay, if he thinks I'm important enough for this, and if he thinks or he or she thinks that what needs to happen is important enough in my life, I need to become important, you know, concerned and it needs to become important to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I agree with that. Um, but I also want to say, too, uh, he did that, but he also put the onus back on me to do mm -hmm. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you're going you're gonna to have to do something different if you want a different result. Right. You're going to have to participate in your own healing. Mm -hmm. I can only tell you and advise you and encourage you and explain to you, but I can't get out there and exercise mm -hmm. for you. I can't right. stop you from putting all of those chocolate chip cookies in your <laughs> mouth that you love so much. Absolutely. Uh, I can't do that for you. You have to do it. And, you know, again, I'll give you another example that he gave me. He said, when you are uh, engaged in your health process, he said, all of us, we start here. He said, we can either go, you know, on a uh, curb decline or we can just go like that. Yeah. And so when he also did that, I was like, okay, I don't want to go down just like that. No. You know, mm -hmm. I want to go down, go down fighting and go down, you know, just on a, on a decline uh, that is one that I still enjoy life. I still have life because when you go straight down, you don't have any say so on what's happening after that. Absolutely. It happens so, like that roller coaster that goes tip, 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 tip to the top exactly. and then you go down like no control over it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so again, um, him giving me those visuals because I'm a visual learner, him giving me those visuals and just really explaining things to me, but also putting the onus back on me right. to, to participate in my own healing. Absolutely. All right. So mm -hmm. now I want to take an opportunity. We do have some um, viewers that are watching us live and I have a question from one of them. First, I want to say good evening to Sandra, Tawan, Adrian, and Janika who are joining us live right now at this moment with me and Dr. Nicole. So Adrian had a question and she asked, how do you advocate for yourself when the doctor is not listening? Oh no. Then you have to find another doctor. See, for right. me, there's always options. And if you've been listening, yes. you heard that I went to several doctors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before I concluded on the one. Um, and and yes. it wasn't just because I was in the state that I was in. It was also about me really analyzing the whole experience from the time that I called for the appointment to the time that I showed up mm -hmm. at the office and sat there. Uh, and like I said, the last straw for me to finding the, my, and he's still my current doctor was the fact that I ended up in my mother's cardiologist's office. That's that, that to me, as mm -hmm. I said, it was like a no, no, but let me tell you something. You always have options. There are too many doctors out here. If you have health insurance, look in that book, go down the list or go on, Online and mm -hmm. pick one. Start somewhere, 
And right. if that doesn't feel right, no problem. You go to another one. But what you don't do is sit in a doctor's office and don't feel valued. Don't feel like the person um, is making mm -hmm. you feel like they are serving you when you are actually paying for them uh, to serve you. So mm, let me not get on my soapbox. <laughs> So, yes. You know, and the insurance provider. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And and I know sometimes um, certain insurances um, that are HMOs, PPOs will sometimes kind of it, it can be a little different to maneuver and move around in those type of plans and those type of situations. But it can be done. You do not have to um, lock in per se, to a particular doctor. Now, the plans you may lock in if you didn't switch or change during open enrollment time. Um, however, your physician, your provider can be changed throughout that plan enrollment time period. Um, so you most certainly can um, switch and change to another healthcare provider. Because um, what, what do you think happens when healthcare providers leave physicians' offices or leave plans, right? You either are passed on to someone else or you would have to follow that uh, particular physician to wherever they're going. So you do have the option to opt out. The good thing about it is um, because you're in that plan, your medical records will be accessible to whomever you do choose to go to next. It still will be accessible. Right now with the, the technology that we're using with the EMR systems and my chart and things of that nature, we're able to access um, information uh, via digital sign-in. So any physician that you saw, don't worry about the next physician not knowing what you've encountered, what you've gone through, or your medical history. They will have access to that. So please don't let that be a deterrent as well um, from you leaving from that uh, physician's practice. Well, and let me just say to that point, um, I have a PPO. I never had a problem with getting a new doctor. Never yeah. had a problem with that. Never needed to just have one person that was assigned to me and all of that. Uh, and so I also want to just encourage people too, just as you've just stated, you know, when there is an opportunity for open enrollment, that you switch your providers, yeah. uh, your healthcare providers. We always mm -hmm. have options. I don't care what it is. So if mm -hmm. you just have to wait a few months to the next open enrollment season, then okay, fine. But you need to be preparing for that, doing your yes. research and making your comparisons mm -hmm. between the different healthcare providers. Again, we are paying for it. And you have to exercise the authority that you have because you are also paying for um, their services. So that's that's the way I approach it. Uh, that and everything else in my life. I always have options. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know me. I always have options. And Adrian said she just um, requested to see a cardiologist. So that's good. Yeah, definitely. Adrian, and make sure when you go that you have your list of concerns, because oftentimes this is what happens. We may know it, but when we go in to see the physician, there's usually an exchange of conversation that's going on back and forth. And sometimes throughout that exchange of conversation between them asking you questions because they have um, some questions that they need to ask you to ascertain what brought you in, what are you experiencing throughout that exchange or that dialogue, you may forget what it is that you want to um, to say to them that may not be answered in their general questioning. So please make sure that you write down, put it in the notes in your phone, um, what you're experiencing and like what it is that you want to communicate to them as well, because they'll do the general questioning about what brought you in, what have you experienced? And then they'll ask you, you know, um, have you been short of breath? You know, what's the family history like and things of that nature. So they do have a litany of questions that they'll ask you, but throughout that um, interaction, you may forget 
some points that you want to um, bring up as well. So please make sure that you um, write that down uh, prior to your appointment. Mm -hmm. Now, all of that was good. Mm -hmm. Now, let's move on to the point where you're feeling yourself, you're feeling good, you got this plan. The doctor's telling you, okay, Nicole, you're doing great. You got to sign on for yourself, becoming you know, a um, steward over your own health make dietary changes, start to move, you know, kick that sedentary lifestyle to the curb, you know, and take your medication. All of these things that you knew would kind of help you to thrive through this diagnosis. So now we're on the other side. Now, what I would like for you to tell us is the thriving. Now that you're doing everything, the plan that he's identified for you, talk to us about what it feels like to be thriving and what those activities look like for you today. Yeah. So um, one, once I got everything together, uh, I realized that I needed to turn all the pain that I was in into purpose, because I believe that um, when we go through pain, that there's purpose attached to it. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that I would be an American Heart Association ambassador. And um, because of the way my life is set up, as Kevin Hart would say, the way my life is set up, <laughs> um, I'm, I had a thought about that. I was going to a dinner that uh, evening when I just had a thought about it, um, sponsored by, um, I think it was the National Professional Women. I can't remember. But um, anyways, when I get there, who is one of the speakers, but a lady who is one of the top ranking people for the American Heart Association. Oh, and wow. So I was like, okay, Lord, here we go. He was the keynote. I'm sorry. He was the keynote. No, no, it was a lady. She was oh, one of she... the speakers. Yeah. She was oh, one of the okay. keynote speakers. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I waited at the end to speak with her. And so I told her a little bit about my story and that I would like to serve as an American Heart Association ambassador. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. She gave me her card and she said, um, give me a call tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I did. Mm-hmm. I gave her a call the next day and the late her assistant called and says, oh, okay. She wants to connect you with so-and-so. And just like that, it happened. And so she connected me and uh, I became an ambassador. And once she connected me, they started just sending me out to talk to people and to speak. And I spoke to many different organizations, Mm -hmm. including uh, the body of fundraisers or the body of sponsors for Mm -hmm. fundraising uh, that they had. And these were a group of lawyers uh, go figure. Ooh, I was like, go okay, figure. God, yes. right? <laughs> uh, a group of lawyers from high powered law firms in Washington, D.C. and around the country via a live stream and just telling them my story um, because we were then um, in, in the midst of that. Uh, I also told somebody about, you know, running a 5K. What happened? The way my life is set up. Uh, the lady from the American Heart Association, right? She called me and asked me if I wanted to participate or if I knew somebody wanted to participate in the Couch to 5K program. I'm like, what? Me? <laughs> I'm participating. And so I did. And so during that process, um, I was given a trainer. 
working with a, with a group of people. We were training together. So I learned how to run and you do have to mm-hmm. learn how to run. Yes, you do. Uh, and so I also learned that you need to get fitted for shoes, right? Mm-hmm. All of those yes. things that I had not experienced that you mm-hmm. don't just go and get you some new balance and keep it moving. And run. <laughs> yep. And those running shoes only have a certain amount of miles on them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So mm-hmm. that's what I did. Uh, and so I started participating in that. Uh, my doctor was pleased. He's like, if you lose this weight, I can take you off the medication. So I started working towards that goal. Uh, and all of those different things started to play out for me. And um, and I, then I started just chronicling my journey and my story. Mm-hmm. And other women were so inspired. Then other women started exercising. And that's what I believe per, uh, per mm-hmm. pain really is about. It's about mm-hmm. other people and us sharing our stories with others mm-hmm. like I am tonight um, to let people know that you can make it through um, this uh, physical health storm. You mm-hmm. can make it through. And when you follow the doctor's orders, when you get one that you can really vibe with, uh, it you can be successful too. Absolutely. You know, that whole entire story is something that and I'm now is the time like, you know, I couldn't wait to get to this part of tonight's show to really be able to show we're going to drive home um, this picture that I'm about to put on the screen. But let me let me say this before you share. Okay. Okay. I also I asked my doctor if he could send me to see if my arteries were clogged. Right. Okay. Because I just wanted to know about my heart. I wanted Mm -hmm. to know all things. And so he said, well, you know, um, I can't send you because the insurance, they will not just pay for that kind of test. And so, again, the way my life is set up with God, (laughs) I'm sitting in my living room. And then there is this advertisement from NIH looking for people to participate in the Mm. African-American studies on heart disease. I was like, what? And oh so, my goodness. Uh-huh. I called and I asked the lady, I said, the first thing I want to know is, do you all check to see if the arteries are clogged? She said, yes, that is one of the tests. <laughs> you like, sign me and up. I said, uh-huh. I said, okay. I said, yes, I would like to participate. And so she was very, very thankful because of course we do not, we, we meaning uh, African-Americans, people of color, do not participate no. in these studies. Uh, and the numbers that we should so that they can have more information about how these things impact us. And so I went there and uh, I'm going to tell you, they gave me all kinds of tests. They they took 19 vials of blood. I don't want anybody to get all scared. They took 19 (laughs) vials of blood. They gave me all these different tests, tests to open up your heart, all these different things so they can look at it and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And guess what? All of those tests were free and they paid me for being a part of the study. Come on, Jesus. See that (laughs) part of it. And you got what you wanted, which was to see whether or not your arteries was clogged. Exactly. (laughs) And along with that, you got some other things, right? You were able to really, really get a diagnostic thorough assessment of your cardiovascular system. Yeah. And now you got to share the picture because there's a Now I can share the picture. Okay. All right, yes. hold on. Drum roll for the picture. All right. Yes. <laughs> you Drum guys, roll. I couldn't I could not believe this. Okay. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Look at this picture, you guys. Oh, 
Look at that. And I'm going to see if I can blow it up. Yes, I can. Look at that. I need you guys to look at this circle that is on the screen and tell me what you see. I can't see it. You can't see it? I think because we're behind the screen. Let me okay. see. I hope it's showing. Okay. I'm looking at it too on my page, on your page. I don't see it coming up. Oh, it's not coming up. Oh, and it's saying that it's sharing. Hold okay. on. Let me see. I'm going to try something else. Okay. Let me download it. Yeah, because and that's that that's a powerful way to end this conversation. It so is. hang on, everybody. Hang uh, on, we're gonna work this out. <laughs> it's gonna be worth I want way. this to be seen. Yeah. All right, let's see. I'm gonna share this tab instead. Let's see if it if it comes up now. Okay. It says it's sharing on my side. But I'm looking on my live and I still don't see it coming up. Mm -hmm. All right, hold on. Nope. All right, let's try something else. Let me go back into the studio. Okay, let me try this. Let me try something again, y'all. Hold on. You know, I don't like giving up. I want to try one more thing because this is simply amazing. Oh, what I could do is, let me see if I can put, it may allow me, I'm gonna try to screen share one more time. And if that doesn't work, what I can do is, um, it's posted on your page maybe? Yes, yep. Okay. Let me try window, Chrome tab. See, I can see it. I wonder why it's not It's not sharing. And it says that it's sharing on my end. I'm going to post this under the live video then since it's not allowing me to um, to share. I even practiced this, you guys, That's to make right. sure that it would show through. So what I'm going to do instead is I will put the, um, the video or the copy of this under the video so that you guys can see it. Now it's making me freeze. Hold on. Am I back on? Let's see. Yeah, I see you. You see me? Okay. Mm -hmm. There we go. All right. Okay. We're not going to let that mess with what we got going well, on. You, so you, I you, know, you know the enemy is always bringing his always, hand. Always, always. He's still defeated. <laughs> That's it. Because when you when you guys see what, I, what it is that I have to show you, you're going to be amazed. And so I have to make sure that I post it under this video so that you all see it. Mm -hmm. I was going to try one more thing to see if I could upload it as um, as a picture for the background. Mm -hmm. um, but it may not let me do that either. You know, I was going to try everything. Okay. So I'm going to just put the picture under the live video for you all to see it so mm -hmm. that you can see what it is that we wanted to show you. But it basically was like the picture of a miracle of her heart that had a cross on it. And it was very clear in the image. And so that was taken how long after um, 
you started seeing your cardiologist or was that after your Right. So um, I had been under the cardiologist's care for about two years at that point. And I went in because I was having foot surgery. Okay. And of course, you know, you have to get cleared and all this stuff. And um, and this was right around the time that I had also had a series of tests at NIH the week before. Right. Uh, okay. And I hadn't got any of my results back at that point from NIH. And so I'm in there. And so, you know, I go in and they were doing a series of tests as well. And um, they wanted to do this, you know, similar test to look at my heart and look at an image of it. And then of course, you know, they give you this dye or something to open up mm -hmm. your heart. Yes. But what happened in the interim, they were giving me a stress test and they had what I'm calling like a cold blue. It wasn't a cold blue, but that's what it felt like <laughs> where somebody comes mm -hmm. over the intercom talking about, you know, uh, telling the doctor to come to uh, exam room B and all these people started coming into exam room B. I didn't know they were coming over the loudspeaker talking about me. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. What do you see? Right. And so they had me hooked up to the treadmill and they, mm -hmm. and so he came in and he was just looking all pitiful. He was like, um, are you okay? Do you feel winded or anything? I said, well, no, I don't feel winded. I said, but you know, cause mm -hmm. at this point I had been running I said, but you all have this thing on this steep incline. I don't run like this. Mm -hmm. I said, but I don't feel winded like, you know, what, what you're trying to describe. And so he was just like, oh, okay. Um, well, it appears that your heart is skipping a beat. I mean, just, just, just a bad, <laughs> just a bad prognosis right there. In the right. He already bringing in the bad mojo. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. And so. <laughs> They stopped the machine. And so I sat down. And so all the people left out who came in the room. And I was like, Lord, and my husband had been out there for in the waiting room for some time. I'm like, I'm sure he's probably figuring, trying to figure out what is going on. And so I'm just sitting there, I'm crying. And then I started praying because, of course, now, just like mm -hmm. the enemy stopped us from showing this picture, mm -hmm. the enemy started speaking to me as I'm sitting there. Oh, you're going to die like your mother. Uh, oh, you ain't going to come out of this. You're gonna die, and I, you know, I and know I'm just right. like, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, and tears just running down my face, and I'm just praying, Father, just help me, you know, just help me, help me. And so, sure enough, they said, well, okay, we want to um, take you back to the imaging because mm -hmm. the, by this point, the dial, whatever the medicine was that they gave me, had worked, where it opened up my heart some more. So I go in, and nobody would look me in my face, girl. I was like, oh, God, like, what, what is this? What is going on? And so they take me back. And while I'm take, sit, laying on this machine, this medicine go coursing through my body where they, you know, they're like, this just going to open it up some more so we can take a look, deeper look. Okay. And so I'm tears just running down my face and I'm just praying. And so I go on, they draw my blood and I go on out. Uh, into the waiting room and my husband's like what is going on because I had been in the uh, the office for about four or five hours by this point oh and this so should have been something that shouldn't have taken about about an hour at tops okay yeah, yeah. and so um, when I go out to the receptionist desk uh, the girl who was waiting on me, she was a Caucasian sister and she was nice, but her face was flushed when she came out there to me. And she started just like hitting on my chest. Like, do you have on a a, a chain? And I was like, no. And she just, then she persisted to like 
and pull my shirt back <laughs> so she could look down there to see whether I had mm -hmm. a chain on or not. She asked me again. She just hitting on my chest like, do you have on a necklace? I mean, something. I was like, no. Right. She said, you have got to come back here and see this. And I said, okay. So I go back there. And at this point, they having another uh, all through the office intercom call. But this time. <laughs> another hey. cold blue. <laughs> uh -huh. But this time the call is, oh, you all have got to come and see this. <laughs> and so when I get back there, I just burst in tears. And wow. so I run out to my husband to get my phone. I said, I've got to take a picture of this because no one will believe this if I don't have mm -hmm. the evidence to show them. Yeah. So I took, of course, many pictures of it. And she was showing them the first pictures. And then the second one, when they used that medicine to open up my chest, and there was this image. And when I walked back out to the receptionist desk, <laughs> She said, um, she said, um, uh, this is how the girl was talking, crack me out. She said, oh my God, <laughs> uh, you must be somebody special because, oh my God, that's some Jesus stuff right there. Oh my goodness. Girl, when I tell you, I, I couldn't laugh at the time because I was just too tall. I, I was just right. Yeah. Almost just like a bawling. miracle. Just bawling. And so um, that was God's exclamation point for mm -hmm. me. So when I went back that following week, um, I had one more test done and he released me. He said, I don't need to see you again. Um, he said, we'll right. just come in, you know, every year or so just to check. Uh, and then at that same weekend, I got my results from NIH and it said no signs of heart disease. God right. is good. I'm <laughs> telling you, just God listening to that story. Yes, he is. Okay. God is yes. good. And again, you guys will see it because I promise you, as soon as this ends, I am going to put that image up so that you all can see it because mm -hmm. it is simply amazing. And it is. So that picture is a picture that you snapped of the actual image, correct? That's correct. And yes. you can see okay. on there, um, it'll show you because it, it has my name on yeah, it. Yeah, I saw your name on the there. side, on the right-hand side. Uh -huh. And it yeah. says heart, lung, area. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I was on a radio show with a cardiologist um, maybe about three years ago now, um, the year before the pandemic. And, uh, you know, we were talking, I was sharing my story. And then after the show, I showed it to him. He was like, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like this yeah. before. And he was like, can you send this to me? I said, well, you make sure you tell them that that is my heart. And of course, we're laughing <laughs> yeah. um, because you can't deny it because it has my name on the uh, on the film. On the side. Yeah, I could yeah. see it. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. The identifier on there. Yeah. So that is now again, I'm sorry that you guys can actually see the image as we're talking. But as I stated earlier, I will put this image um, under the live video so that you all can see what it is that um, she's describing and what we're referring to. So I've had the honor to see it um, as well as we've talked about it previously. So she actually sent me the image and I was going to share that um, throughout the live. So thank you so much for sharing that journey. I mean, just to be able to come from the beginning of it through everything that you went through to thrive on this journey as you continue on this journey, right? Yep. Because doing these things and living a healthy lifestyle doesn't just stop just because you get to a place or point 
where you're able to come off of the medication, you know, lower your blood pressure, decrease your risk. These are behaviors and a mindset that you have to continue with in order to stay on this trajectory. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And it has, of course, been a pleasure as it always is. You know, I just love to have the organic conversation with you and to really just talk it out because, um, as I said, this series uh, was meant to not only educate, bring awareness, um, talk about prevention, but then I really wanted to end with a serious heart talk. And I feel like that's what we were able to do tonight was really have a heart talk with someone who had that experience from the beginning yeah. um, to the end. Yeah. yeah. So Thank you so much, sister. Oh, I love you so oh, much. You're so welcome. You. you know it. You know, I, love you. I want you to tell them how they can follow you and get a hold of you. Because listen, after they see your heart, they might want to have a heart to heart with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so tell awesome. them how they can get a hold of you. Sure. So I am Nicole S. Mason ESQ across social media, N-I-C-O-L-E-S Mason ESQ. And my website is NicoleSMason.com. Thank you so much, sister. I appreciate you so you much. You are so welcome. So as you all know, I am the founder of the Women's Wellness Lounge. And we host events like, such as the Heart Talk and Self Love Series. Um, to bring you, as I stated before, awareness, prevention, advocacy, resources, and tools so that you can live a healthier lifestyle and leave a healthy legacy um, for yourself and for your family. Our generation does not have to be deposited with illness, sickness, and disease. We are put here for a purpose and deserve to live a thriving life. So make sure that you visit womenswellnesslounge.org. We will be looking for wellness ambassadors. So whether you want to donate your time, talent, or treasure, of course, your donations um, help us for, um, to support women through our heart um, awareness program, our Pinky Promise, which focuses on breast cancer, our Sugarless program, which um, focuses on diabetes, and then our youth program, because we don't want to fix broken women. So we want to be able to work with our youth girls to get them so that they understand the importance of living a healthy lifestyle. All right. So once again, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And you know, we will be talking again as yes. always. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so much, sister. Much love to you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, everybody. So thank you again for joining us live tonight. Um, again, another thing that we're doing in the Women's Wellness Lounge is our other project is that we are looking for Contributing Authors for our She Is Well, Volume 3. It is the third book and the final book in the anthology. Um, and this book focused on truth, trauma, and triumph. So again, if you all are looking for um, to become an author, I'm doing another uh, author interest call um, on March the 5th. So go to sheiswellbooks.com sign up and you will be sent the link to join the call. If you can't just fill out the form, if you know that you're interested, I can still send you the information or we can do a one-on-one -on -one, um, consultation session as well. Just go to sheiswellbooks.com and fill out that form. And I look forward to having you in volume three. So that's it for me, you guys. Again, I will join you back here for the final self-love um, self portion of the Heart Talk series on Sunday. So I'm going to be joined by um, Shaniqua Johnson on Sunday. She's going to be 
um, talking about her new upcoming show is um, getting to the heart of the matter. And so we're going to really just kind of wrap it up and talk about self-love. Like tonight was a wrap up for the Heart Talk series. When I speak with her on Sunday, she's going to come on and we'll wrap up the self-love part of the series. So you guys, even if you can't join us live, make sure that you look out for the replay. And I look forward to um, seeing you then on Sunday. Thank you.